Now, it's Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard, Certified Practicing Accountant and Financial Advisor. And today we're going to take a little look at life insurance, what it is and um, different types and things. We're also going to see what's happening in the market at the moment. Fairly interesting with Henry Jennings from Marcus today. And uh, we'll take a look at the, yes, we'll have our sit rep as to what's happening on in the world of finance. Stephen Pritchard, there's a whole pile of red ink around today, isn't there? It's oh, I was looking at the screen this morning. It's even redder today. Redder? Right. Red. Red There's this thing called the market map and it shows you all the sectors of the market. And red mean, of course, no good. And green, there was a bit of green in the gold stocks. Oh, the gold so stocks. gold but is that the was, that was about it. The rest of it was bright red. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we're, <laughs> yeah, so, seeing why. Why are they? Oh, I don't know. You know, lots of uncertainty around, mm. you know. Mm. Who knows what's going to happen in uh, Hong Kong and, mm. you know. And the trade war with America and China, war. which has been postponed a bit, but the American index has gone as well, hasn't it? Well, you know, the financial review today says that um, Australia's going to be a beneficiary of the trade war. Oh, yeah? Hmm. Okay. Hmm. They say how? I never read the whole article. I was in a rush to get over here. I just glanced at it. Okay, so it might work for us. Apparently it's making China more and more dependent on our energy. That, yeah, yeah, so apparently 40 per 6 or the 46%. I never read the whole story, but 46% was in the, the you know, the first big bit. 46% of the, the energy that China imports is now coming from Australia. Okay, mm. so we've mm. got a market there. But then, of course, their economy is slowing too. Um, well, you wouldn't know the numbers. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't. No. Anyhow, so as we can talk about some factual stuff, is the gold price, as, as of yesterday, was up another $11.58 a dollars an ounce to $2,239.65. So that, yeah. that's continuing the trend and its historical role of uh, periods of uncertainty. People flee to, yes. to gold. Yes. Um, but interesting, the, the, the mineral is the, the manufacturing and the um, uh, metals are up as well. Like, you know, copper's up $138 a ton to $8,554 a ton, and, and tin's up $410 a ton to uh, $25,235. So the, 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 the metals that are used in manufacturing industry are up, which, you know, mm-hmm. and the crude oil price is um, also up $3.20 a barrel uh, to $87.51 Australian dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, our currencies are sinking again around sinking. the world. Okay. Everywhere it's red. It's red. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We're down to 67.57 US cents, which is, is down almost half a cent on the week. We're down to 56.02 uh, pence. Yes. Uh, we're down against the euro to 60.63 euro cents, which is down almost half a cent again on the week. So the Australian dollar is worth less all around the world. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, and uh, the market's down. The, the market's down. The, market, the markets are down all around the world, actually. Um, you know, the Australian all on risk was, was um, the close yesterday was 6,550, which is down 91 points on the week, but but it's down again this morning. I'm not mm-hmm. done was when I left. Six uh, four something? Yeah, and uh, the S&P 
500 closed at 2,840, which is down 97 points on the week. Uh, the UK index was closing at 7,147, which was down 138 points on the week. So, so all the major markets around around the world, um, stocks that have kind of local investors like or seem to hold quite a few of, they're, they're, they're a bit of red ink there too. Is um, uh, BHP was down 70 cents to $36.60. Yeah. Um, CBA was down three dollars eighty three to seventy five dollars and thirteen. NIB was down eleven cents to seven dollars sixty two, and Telstra was also down eleven cents to three dollars eighty nine. So, so mm. we're all a bit okay. poorer here, the local investing well, community. Well, only if we sell. <laughs> I think that's actually a bit of a fallacy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. um, unleaded, uh, unleaded petrol was um, dollar thirty six point three cents litre, which was down two point seven cents. And in Sydney is a dollar thirty two cents a litre, which was down one point nine cents. Mm. And in Newcastle the diesel price was a dollar forty eight point six. And in Sydney a dollar forty four point eight. Time for our weekly market update with Henry Jennings from Marcus today. Henry Jennings. <laughs> Stephen, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. There's That's lots good. of things happening. The reporting season's in full swing. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a meltdown. We've got reporting season. We've got uh, Trump tweeting. We've got the trade war. We've got um, it's it's all happening. Bond yield inversions for those of you that um, follow those sorts of things. It's um, extraordinary times as usual. Yes, and uh, uh, Westpac Westpac had a win in the court. I, I thought the judge's comments were a bit extraordinary about <laughs> ASIC submissions being irrelevant and incoherent. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Um, I have to say, you know, logically, if you're not buying a house and you haven't got a big mortgage, you would spend more on discretionary items. Yes. If you then buy a house and have to tighten your belt, you may not eat Wagyu beef or drink champagne and eat caviar and spend up big on res- on those sort of discretionary items, which does make pretty logical sense to me. That's just that's kind of a duh moment. Um, so ASIC uh, trying to impose um, these draconian lending standards on the banks um, really doesn't actually work very well in, in the real world because people change their habits when they want to gear up and have bigger debts. It's uh, it's pointless looking at what their habits have been in the past. If they don't have any debts, they do a lot more mm. things, don't they? I as, know I do. As the judge tended to say. Uh, the judge did say it very uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I can, and, and I can see AMP. I, I think is going to head to the courts with their financial advisors with this new fast track exit yeah. advisors. You can see well, that's going. Well, uh, you know, the market's down 150 points today, so it's a bit of a bloodbath out there. To be uh, to be honest, and AMP is down. Um, actually, AMP is doing better than the rest of the market. It's outperforming. It's only down 1.2 percent today, but but they've obviously going to have a bit of a fight on their hands with their advisors who have this. Um, they have this ability to sell their business back to the AMP, and they're trying to get rid of the bad ones and the unprofitable businesses. So poor old uh, Mr. De Ferrari um, is um, Francesca is um, he's got some work ahead of him. I think it's fair to say, but um, I guess the journey of a thousand miles starts with but a single step. Mm-hmm. And he, at least he's taken a step, but um, it, it's holding up better than some today, I have to say. But then it has been a complete dog for so long that maybe. Uh, Maybe that's the reason why. Mm. 
And then something that's a good performer came out with an excellent result. The CSL's profit was up 11%. Yeah, To 2.9 bill. That's a big number, isn't it? It is a big number. It is a big number. And, you know, CSL is a quality stock. Um, it's down a bit today. It's down nearly 2% today. But you would expect that in the in the bloodbath we're seeing, if you pardon the pun. Yes. Um, but all their businesses do seem to be going pretty well. Um, and it is, you know, it's fast becoming the premier kind of Australian stock to own. And it's, um, you know, all-time highs. Uh, I bumped into a guy at um, the AIA conference uh, on the Gold Coast who bought $10,000 worth in the original float and had never sold a share. Mm, mm. He's doing very well. We've got a couple of clients who's bought a... I can't, don't know how much they bought, but they've never sold a share and they've got lots of these... Mm. Millions of that, that's the hard thing, is it? The, the easy thing is to buy them. Yeah. The hard thing is not to be tempted to sell mm. them at any point. Um, and that's that. You know, it's remarkable. You know, you see a big profit, or your market gets a bit jittery, and you usually get out straight away. But um, holding on through thick and thin, thick and thin blood, um, is um, is a pretty remarkable thing. And uh, vicinity, vicinity. Now, this is interesting. They're going to stop selling their retail centres because there's a glut of the market of retail assets for sale. Well, duh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They they kind of um, blamed the uh, blamed the valuations and these sorts of things on that. Um, unforgiving. It it said um, it was going to um, sell some of its malls. Um, and there's a $10 billion glut of shopping malls for sale in Australia. So um, maybe they need to put some pokies in the shopping malls and they'd sell a lot easier. Oh, but, maybe they need to meet the market. Well, that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, they probably do. Certainly, you know, the real estate uh, trusts have done very, very well as long as you haven't been really involved in the retail sector, if you've been involved in logistics and warehousing and office space. And you've done very well. Things like Goodman Group have done extraordinarily well, whereas vicinity, not so good. So, um, yeah, saw uh, a bit of a slump in its profits as well. Almost earlier this week, shares were heading to a five-year high. Um, I, I suspect they might be going the other way today. Um, yeah, they yeah. are. <laughs> they're not Robinson Crusoe in that respect. They're down 2.6%. So, um, But still, you know, it's not. they're not far off their all-time high. It just... I guess these stocks or these sorts of stocks are defensive as well. So mm -hmm. we do see money flowing into those defensive stocks in times of uh, crisis. And, and I don't know if we've got a crisis at the moment, but certainly we are seeing some money flowing into those defensive stocks. Um, and we've seen some, actually we've seen some good numbers out this morning from um, Super Retail, okay. um, which seems to be doing quite well. And we also saw um, they're up 4%, which in a market that's down 2% is it's a remarkable. pretty good result. It is a remarkable result. Um, and we also saw some good numbers out the other day from Kathmandu, as we all um, all don our puffer jackets. They yes. seem to have been the uh, the major seller of puffer jackets, and I think everybody's James got one of those. Um, <laughs> not one of theirs. <laughs> uh, no, I've I've got one, but not one of theirs. Um, so um, actually, I bought mine on eBay from the US for twenty three bucks. Polo Ralph Lauren. How about that? Twenty three US. Oh, it's amazing all the genuine. bargains you find, Henry. I know. It's like my shoes. Yes, I, I knew you'd gone about the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're comfy now. Um, but 
um, but yeah, no, retail retail hasn't been as bad for some as it is for others. We even saw JB Hi-Fi uh, came out with some uh, some good retail numbers as well the other day, and they really knocked the market uh, for six with their numbers. And the good guys seems to be doing well, and they're hovering around all-time highs, and they're only down half a percent today, despite this um, this kind of wipeout. So not all retailers are suffering. Mm. Um, department stores are, and speciality ones tend to be uh, a little bit more um, defensive and, and seeing the benefits at the moment. Yeah, anyway. and then uh, in the financial sector, a um, couple of opposite results at the opposite end. Magellan Financial Group's profit was raised uh, almost uh, $100 million, 90, 90, $95 million for the, for the year. From Not bad, is it? Two sixty nine to three sixty four. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? You get the feeling that, um, I'm, I'm not sure if they have, but you get the feeling they may have rung the bell for the market. The stock topped out at nearly $62. It is now $52. Mm-hmm. Um, they have done a placement, and they are launching a new high-conviction fund, um, and they've used the money from the placement to... Uh, to seed and to pay for the expense of the high conviction fund, I have to, and they, they then trumpet the fact that they're not going to pay a commission to anybody, and that the, the fund mm. will be uh, 100% cash, and and uh, the company will take care of the um, funding costs of setting it all up. That's all well and good, but you know, re- in reality, the company's basically asked the shareholders to fund yeah. the, the setting it up instead of passing those costs on through um, a lower NTA when it first starts. They've just basically clipped their their tickets um, from a, from a capital raising, and yeah, I think it was two hundred and seventy five million bucks they raised. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have thought it would take that much money to set up a high conviction fund of ten stocks. Uh, they're also oh, talking about uh, some secret retirement product they're going to fund, and that as well. Uh, no, the, the secret retirement oh, yeah. product. They've been talking about that for a while, but you know they're, they're ten bucks off their high now. Um, so it's interesting whether they, um, you know, they've been very expensive for a long time and everyone's been in love with the cult of Hamish mm-hmm. and no reason to say that cult is diminishing, but certainly some of the, 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 um, the shine has uh, been tarnished in the last few days. Mm. And down at Bendigo Bank, their profit fell? Yeah, but, but they, they didn't do too. I mean, it wasn't as bad no. as some had thought. Um, and, I, and we've seen a lot of um, bank results this week. We've seen uh, uh, NAB as well. So they had a, a pretty solid trading update for the third quarter yesterday. Uh, Bendigo, of course, I mean, they, they've fallen out of bed along with the other banks. They're down from 11.60 to around 10.60. Um, so you know, no one's immune in this kind of market, unfortunately. CBA have gone ex-dividend. Um, and, but NAB's was a relatively okayish result, and they've got a new CEO starting. But again, you know, they're down 2.5% today, so there's there's nowhere really to run and hide in these kind of markets, I have to say. Okay. Tough. I'll talk to you next week and see where we can hide then, Henry. <laughs> oh, oh, you won't talk to me. You'll have Brett next week, actually. Um, yes. Yes. All we'll right. Brett back next oh, week. Thank you very much, Henry. Where are you off to? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, that'd be uh, telling. Uh, His secret, secret hideaway. Stuff. Secret yes. squirrel stuff. <laughs> secret squirrel stuff. Yeah, yeah okay. thank Thanks, you, Henry. Thanks, Henry. And Henry Jennings is senior market commentator at Marcus Today. Time we took a look at life insurance. I think there's uh, probably quite a lot of myths about that, Stephen Pritchard. Yeah, life insurance, there's a lot of myths about it. And there's a lot of um, uh, issues about it at the moment. So um, I thought we'd just uh, talk about a bit about life insurance and then talk about some of the. Um, 
issues that are emerging that, that that's been in the paper lately um, that we should be aware of that we should be aware of particularly that, yeah. if you if you want life insurance um yes. okay so so basically there's there's different types of life insurance is is um the, the major ones is um and we'll just go through them and come back is there's there's life cover um there's total and permanent disability cover there's trauma cover and there's income protection cover. Okay. So they're the major types. I mean, and, and what what do they actually cover? Well, well, life cover is also also known as um, death cover. So this this is really the simplest one. Um, you know, if 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 you die. Mm. Um, the insurer will pay out now. Yes. Now, sometimes there's exceptions on these, so you still need to have a look at, like, if you've got um, a pre-existing illness, yes. um, uh, and, and you know you're going to die next week. Um, unfortunately, I doubt the life insurer is going to take out the policy. You let you take out a policy this week and right. and pay next week. So there's often exclusions on pre-existing illnesses, um, and, and that's another reason why it's important when you when you're filling on the, the, all these, all of these. Pre- proposal forms to put the correct information down there because mm. because there's this duty of disclosure um, if you put the incorrect information down there and um, the life insurance company may be then be in a position to deny liability whereas if you put the information down there they might have just added to the premium so make mm. sure you, you put the correct information there. Um, total and permanent disability, that basically covers you, uh, pays you a lump sum to uh, assist in um, rehabilitation costs and living costs if you're totally and permanently disabled so what that that means it and and that means that you, you it's usually defined as there's two major definitions to a TPD and these this is important that you need to consider is one is that you're not suitable to do any occupation and why the other one is you're not suitable to do your occupation now if you get the choice, you want to go to the definition of you're not suitable to or unable to do any occupation because that's wider. Um, uh, but of course, because the definition is wider, the premium is more expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so that's just one of the things to watch there. And so this would be something not necessarily connected with work, but more connected with accidents. Outside, yeah, no, you maybe. could unfortunately be you know walking down the street and the bus comes and hits you and as a result of that you've got a broken back and 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 you're a you're a builder for example and you're probably not suitable to do um um your own occupation so depending on what the definition of the policy was if you're not suitable to your own occupation it would be covered but you might be suitable to do some administrative work and then it probably isn't going to be covered yes so so it's important to to look at yes. the premium so yeah so it's not related to work um it could be recreation to, could be recreation yeah, you okay. dive in at the at the creek at yep. the creek okay. and you know that yes. you know those, those type of unfortunate accidents yeah. um and that's what that covers yeah. um now trauma cover trauma covers basically covers you for events that that, that are usually medical, such as uh, significant illnesses or injuries, such as um, cancer, stroke, heart attack. So, so basically, that will pay you a lump sum in the event that um, you unfortunately get one of these injuries or accidents. Mm-hmm. And the, that that's basically designed to give you this lump sum to enable you to to not have to work and while you're recovering from these events. So that's probably yeah. a limited time. Well, the yeah, lump sum, and once again, yes. once again, it's important to look at 
what what you're actually being covered there and and um, and it's also important that you make full disclosure on any pre-existing uh, industries yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah conditions now a lot of cases if you've got pre-existing injuries and you still want trauma insurance um, say for example you've had a, a heart a heart attack in the past the, the insurer will still write the trauma insurance but they will exclude the heart attack as right. a, yeah. so, so you need to think about what what you want and, and it may be that you can work around yes. the problems yes. that, that may um, be there and of course one of the other most common ones is income protection and and that replaces your income if you if you're due to an inability to work or injury or sickness. Would that be likely to be time restricted again? Uh, it depends on the policy most of them only run to um, age 65 and most of these policies have a waiting period before they start to pay. Now one of the ways if you you want to keep the premiums down is to increase the waiting period so if you've only got a two-week waiting period before the income protection policy starts to pay um, the premium that is going to be a lot more expensive than if you've got um, a two-month waiting period or, or even a one-month waiting period so mm. most people have probably got a bit of sick leave and a bit of um, annual leave so so they could probably stretch it out for a month and then in which stage the the premium will will, 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 will yeah. drop yeah. okay um, this is Thursday finance on to a new RFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.